thank you, Bishop Terrence Coleman, my pastor, for joining me on Lace Covenant podcast. Um, let me say to the audience how I met you. So in 2000, actually it was the end of 1999, my former pastor, his name just happened to be Coleman as well, mm -hmm. not related, but he had been my pastor for 10 years and he was at the end of his life. And I knew that he was at the end of his life and I never wanted to be without a pastor. So I began to pray and ask the Lord to show me who my pastor was or who my pastor would be. And so the Lord led me to Greater Pentecostal Church. And when the Lord led me to Greater Pentecostal Church, I had some things on my heart concerning my sons. I wanted a place where they would fit in. And you had a ministry that really reached out and involved young people. You ministered to the young people a lot. But as the Lord drew me to Greater Pentecostal Church, uh, my pastor passed away in December of 99, my former pastor. And when he passed away, I came to Greater Pentecostal Church in January of 2000, hmm. right after he passed away. Um, I had been brought up under Bishop Arthur Coleman in a real environment of holiness and the Lord was leading me to a place that was also keeping the word of God. And the Lord confirmed to me right after I came that he had me in the right place by saving my family. I don't know if you remember that. My family started to get saved one by mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. And the Lord was confirming to me that I was in the right place. And so that was 19, I'm sorry, that was 2000. I visited in 99. I visited during a shut-in. Mm -hmm. And you all were, at that time, you all were in intercession and asking for the names and pictures of people on the altar who you could intercede for. And when I came in 2000, the people I had put on the altar were coming in and getting saved. Wow. Amen. And so I knew I was in the right place. And so that was 21 years ago. 21 Almost years. 21 and a half years ago. <laughs> Amen. And, and I have been blessed under the ministry of Greater Pentecostal Church. So thank you, Bishop Coleman, for being here. Well, well thank you, uh, Dr. Tracy, for having me on and uh, accepting this invitation to uh, share with your audience. And, and may I say that uh, in conjunction with you coming that you as well as your entire family has been a blessing to Greater Pentecostal, uh, even uh, your sister Sherry. She was a part of our, our daycare center. And she, uh, both of you guys had, was uh, on our praise team and, and also the way you ministered to our congregation, to others. You certainly have been a blessing since you've been there. 21 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, God bless you. That Thank says a lot. That says a lot because nowadays uh, you take this younger generation of believers, they don't hardly stay at a church for about one year or so, or maybe six months, and they move on. And they say to me as a pastor, and you're dealing with pastoral uh, things, that they will say, Well, my season is up, and they'll move on 
to another uh, assembly, mm -hmm. but to have somebody to be with you for 21 years, that makes a statement alone. So I commend you, salute you for that. Amen. Being faithful, faithful. Thank you. Thank you, Bishop. Um, my sister Sherry was one of the things that I put on the altar because at that time, my sister Sherry was clinging to the Muslim faith. Mm -hmm. I remember and she that. was doing it really out of hurt because our mother had suffered so many things. She couldn't see God in what my mother went through. But God not only saved her under your pastoring, he saved her and then she became a minister under you. Right. Amen. Which is another testament to what the Lord has been doing at Greater Pentecostal Church. So, Pastor, here we are in 2021 after the start of a pandemic in 2020, COVID-19. It's been a challenge for everybody, right? And when it began, I know that nobody knew what to do, of True. course. People began to talk about whether or not it was from God, whether it wasn't from God, whether it originated in a laboratory, where it came from, will God deliver us? There were so many questions because it was not just a small incidence. It, we shortly could see that it was worldwide. True. And so something being worldwide, if God didn't send it, certainly he had the power and the ability to stop it. And so there were a lot of questions and um, what we do know, even though we may not know the real origin, what we do know is that the Bible says that there would be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in different places and all of these things. Right. And so not knowing the origin is not really the question to ask, the question to ask is, for all of us is, how do we respond to God? Mm -hmm. right? right. And so as a pastor, I know you have had to lay out before God and ask that question, Lord, what do we do? Right. So Bishop, tell, tell us how you first began to respond to the pandemic. Uh, this is a very good question. And uh, you answered a lot of things that were going through my head and uh, that we consulted the uh, Holy Spirit. Uh, I will use that one scripture and I'm just gonna paraphrase it where Issachar, the tribe of Issachar knew the times and they knew what to do. And uh, so we're in this season and time that we never seen before, never seen I'm, I'm at the age of 64. I heard some things happen with my uh, father and my grandfather, but never like this. My former pastor uh, shared things from the word like any other pastor would, but they didn't see a day like to the, like we see today. Um, it, prophetically, there were some things that were spoken um, to the body of Christ, but we never saw it. And we are seeing that those things now, and we see it coming to pass. But what I would say, and personally, 
that there was a shift because uh, as a pastor, we normally have our programs. We normally have a calendar set up, you know, for the year and what we would do, whether it's evangelism or have special programming or special revivals and other things that God may give you to do for the course of the year. And, but all that came to a screeching halt and we had to put, put the button on pause and all of a sudden we had to shift. And now since we shifted, now we scratching our heads and say, well, what do I do now? I normally do this, I normally do that. And all these questions, you know, begin to arise on the horizon as what to do. And so uh, as a pastor, I had to make a shift, but the shift came along with having the Holy Spirit being my comforter. That's number one, because, hey, my faith was challenged. My faith was tested. I'm wondering how, as a pastor, you know, pastors are, are loving men of God, women of God. They like to touch and hug and, you know, stay in contact with the membership, seeing them on Sunday and see how they're doing, ministering to them. And so now we're asking the question, how do I minister to God's people during this pandemic? So that's where the Holy Spirit plays a big part because the Holy Spirit has helped me to make the shift. Uh, how are we going to do services? Uh, we're trying to follow along with the laws of the land, uh, with the city of St. Louis, that's which we are uh, living in. And things were different. The laws were different between the city and the county, or we may call the suburbs. But we follow the guideline that they set up as much as possible. And so with those things in mind between um, the mayor and between the Holy Ghost and God's help, we was able to make that shift and do, do things a little bit differently um, that we normally don't do. So it's different, it's different now. And I'm looking at, um, matter of fact, my wife and I were just talking just a few minutes ago and we were just naming a few people, where's so-and-so, where's brother so-and-so? And I said, I have no idea. I text them or I may call them. Some of them responded back. Some of them kind of left questions in my mind where they left the church or I don't know what's going on. So it makes it hard when you really have a heart for God's people. See, so it's a challenge. It's been a challenge and still a challenge because this hasn't been lifted yet. And it seems like it has, but it's still, this pandemic is still with us. It's still with us. And we don't play it. We don't play it short. And I think it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's gone away some kind of way. No, it's still here. And we got other, I don't know, we got uh, uh, pandemic, but we got uh, epidemics with the, uh, not to go off to another course, but with these um, uh, crimes and uh, with the shootings of black African uh, young men, uh, that's an epidemic. That's right. a mass shooting is an epidemic. So I was uh, thinking about um, uh, in the book of Genesis said before the last days, um, which you kind of hit upon uh, in Noah's day, the Bible said that the, that the earth was going to be filled with violence. violence Think about it. Right. Feel. And what caught my attention uh, was the feel part of it. And I thought about a glass of water or a, a, a glass of lemonade or, or Pepsi, how you pour it into a glass and it fills up. And so more and more each and every day before we soon come along, 
the world is going to be filled with more violence, whether we like it or not. But that's that's what's going to happen, you know, before the, the soon coming of the Lord. Amen. So we're going to see more of this, mm-hmm. more of this. So we might as well just get ready, put our seatbelt on, and we just have to go for the ride and ask God to help us. And stay prayerful. Amen. And stay prayerful, yeah. Amen. I like what you said, Bishop, when you said, as a pastor, having a heart for the people of God. Mm -hmm. So seeking the Lord during this time is, I would imagine, pouring your heart out to God, not only about direction, but about the souls of the people. Mm -hmm. Because that's of major concern. and, And this falling away of people whom you have not heard from, it leaves a lot of questions that you have to put before the Lord. Are they okay? Um, Have they become ill because of the virus? Are they in another church? Are they praying? You know, there's so many questions. So as a pastor, what are some of the things that you have um, had to uh, talk and discuss with other pastors and of course I know that there are things that you would share with people and things that um, of pastors concerns that you share just amongst each other but those things that you've had to really get together with other pastors over during this pandemic what are some of those things and that's that's a that also that's a good question also because uh as pastors and leaders, we need to stay connected to one another for, for several reasons. And one of the reasons just to stay encouraged because there are pastors right now are depressed or they down or maybe they don't know what to do during this time, even though they, they are, are believers, but they saying, what do I do? I, I never streamed any services. I never has, I never been on zoom. Some are not, are familiar with technology or even using the computer. And so uh, I would say, if I'm talking to any pastors out there, get connected with some other pastors that are a little progressive or have a little more knowledge than you have where you can share with them, they can share with you and they can help you during this this time. Even to the fact, uh, wondering how, how you going to still receive your funds. If people not coming to church, how can I receive tithes and offerings or special donations when we're not coming to church? And some states, they're not allowing their, their congregations and assemblies uh, to gather. And that we are very fortunate and very blessed here in the state of Missouri that we was able to st- continue to be open for services where we had 10 uh, or maybe have 100. But I think as pastors, that, that pastors should be connected. Now, I'm a part of a, a group, an organization called Higher Ground International Ministries here in St. Louis, and my bishop is the pastor, Larry Baylor. Now, in the last few months, what we put together, what we set together is we have once a month on a Saturday morning like this, we call it huddle. And when you think about a huddle, you think about football, you think about a quarterback, you think about... Uh, the players huddling up and they're talking in the strategy. They talk about the next play. Uh, they talk about 
their, their weaknesses and their strong points and, and how we still, watch this, how we still going to reach our goal and how we want to take that ball and cross uh, the, uh, the, the, the line to, to uh, get a touchdown. And so we come together as pastors and we just talk. You know, we're not teaching, we're not preaching. We're just talking, man, what you doing? How you handling this? What's going on in your state? What's going on in your city? Or even how is things are in your country? Because you just stated, this is not just St. Louis, uh, Chicago, or um, um, Florida, state of Michigan, but this is happening all over the world. So we got pastors in India and pastors in the Philippines and Africa, and they meeting also. They getting up, matter of fact, some, here we're meeting at 10.30 in the morning. They getting up at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning just to meet. And so we can talk about strategies and just basically to encourage one another. Because again, a lot of pastors, doors are closing or they're not able to have services and they're discouraged about what's going on, what's taking place. So it's good to be connected with leadership and with a pastor. Amen. I'm glad that you all have that support as pastors and bishops in higher ground um, international ministries because I know that there are pastors who are discouraged. It is a critical time. It's a trying time. It's a time of a, a lot of strain right. on people everywhere. And then being pastors whose responsibility it is right. to watch for souls and to keep the ministry continuing because right. the work of the ministry, people think of ministry but they don't often put that word work in front of it. Yeah. <laughs> the work of the ministry requires finances, right? right. right. And so people have to know that to continue tithing is still a requirement of God. It's the, that's right. It's, it's, it's critical and it's still essential. Just think of it like this. Now, some of our churches are closed. I mean, they are closed. Uh, the doors are not open, but you know what? The the electric bills, the light bills, and gas, insurance, and we are still receiving those bills in the mail, and they got to be paid. I haven't wrote a letter back and said to to the utilities and say, "Hey, we can't pay our uh, electric or whatever called when it's pandemic." They expected those bills to be paid, so we expect you know, the membership to still come through. Paying their tithes and their offerings. Amen. And, and and not only that, but sometimes we don't talk about it because sometimes it could be a touchy, a touchy uh, uh, conversation. But if you got a full time pastor such as myself, I'm I've been full time. I got a wife. I got family. But still, through the tithes and offerings, I have needs to be taken care of too. Even Paul talked about that as being an apostle. You know, he said, we sowing to, to your uh, carnal, then we ought to be able to reap your spiritual thing. Mm -hmm. And so if, if the tithing and offerings and things stop or go down, then I would have to go out and uh, see about getting a job so my personal needs can be met. Um, and what I mean by that is that we look at it like, all right, we look at it like this. Just last week, um, I had to fish. I got a call from one of the members. And I had to officiate a grave site uh, service. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, I don't work, so I'm serving God's people, so I'm able, available to go out and be with the family. Monday morning, I have another uh, funeral uh, to officiate and bring the eulogy for another family in the church. So I, I got to be there. But if I don't have any income coming in, I have to get a job. And if I'm called upon to do a wedding, matter of fact, I got a wedding at the end of the month, got these funerals, then how will I be taking, my needs be taken care of? But here I am, thank God, that I have a membership that takes care of me, that I'm able still to serve uh, uh, the membership or families, even outside of weddings and funerals and things. We can't go to the hospital right now, but even going to the hospital and uh, praying with your parishioners and things like that, or going to court. I've been to court several times, being with family. Uh, say, could you be in court with us or write a letter uh, to the to the judge and I, you know, people be surprised what goes on behind the scene. All they see is is bishop, my pastor or elder, uh, on Sunday morning preaching the word and got people going crazy and jumping and running all around the church. But he works entirely even behind the scene. And you said, I like what you said. It's work. And matter of fact, when you think about all this. I believe I'm even working even more than I was working before. I thought I was working, but the, the, I mean, working now is even much more uh, uh, work. I guess I'm gonna put it that way because now I'm, uh, I got Zoom meetings going on, meeting with leadership. I got Bible classes that I'm not able to do in person, but we're doing it through uh, Zoom and streaming live Facebook and YouTube. I have a talk show on Friday. So I'm doing a lot more to continue to reach out uh, to the congregation. But I think one of the things that, that I'm really, uh, I'm asking God to help me, or even though these are kind of more or less in-house things, but I'm asking the Lord that we know that th these are the last days and we live in perilous times. And you said that you're going to pour out your spirit upon all flesh doing this uh, last uh, days and all like that. But my prayer right now is, Lord, give me a strategy and a way to do outreach and to evangelize. Mm -hmm. Because I know there's a group out there that's bewildered and thinking what's happening. Or maybe they their, their grandmother told them about these days or their mother told them about these days. I want to reach I'm asking God, give me ways to reach people and bring these people to the kingdom of God before his soon coming. I think that's the thing I'm at. I, I got the church kind of where, you know, continue to move forward and all that, but doing evangelism, that's my heart. And doing outreach to reach people that unchurched or don't know God, or maybe they backslid, or mm -hmm. maybe they, they just want somebody to pray with them. Those are the people that we got to reach before the soon coming of the Lord. So that's a big challenge there. Amen. So we can't touch or, or what can we have street meetings or what do we do? You know, so that's what I'm asking God to help me with right now. Mm -hmm. Amen. I, I know that the shift to virtual ministry um, has been really, really challenging. Um, because as you were saying a few minutes ago, many people were not accustomed to even that kind of technology. Right. Right. 
But I know too that through it, God is fulfilling his word because he said that before he comes, the gospel would be preached all over the world. Right. And so during this pandemic, the word is going to places where we have never, ever gone before. That's right. Because it's virtual. Like you said, it's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. Right. Um, and so, and by those things, the word of God is being preached. It's reaching other countries. That's true. And so God's that prophecy is being fulfilled, which brings us to know, again, that's another indication that the Lord is soon to come. Mm -hmm. Amen. True. But also, me, go ahead, let me Bishop. Add this to what you're saying, I was talking to uh, one of our, I guess I'll say clients or one of our uh, uh, people that uses our kitchen. Mm -hmm. Uh, at our church, Westflow Kitchen. And he was talking to me about the church that he attended. He said, well, number one, it's a lot of older people. Number two, he said, my family, probably the youngest family because I got kids. He said, but I've been trying to talk to them about technology and going into technology. And he said, they more or less kind of refuse it or they not ready for it. But he, he picked up his phone. He said, Bishop Coleman, you see this phone here? He said, we can reach more people and find more things out by using this phone. And what he was saying, technology, whether you got an Android or whether you got an iPhone, we can do so much more and reach more people and find information out through the phone. I said, you know what? You, it's so true. Um, uh, on our streaming, um, we reaching... Uh, uh, audience in Texas. We reach in the Philippines, and we just we just been um, uh, been given the opportunity uh, to go on a bigger platform. And I don't want to re reveal it right now. I want to tell the church on tomorrow morning. But there's a door just swung open for us. And uh, and you're so true what you said. The Bible said to go into all the world. Well, how can how can we go to the world? Uh, right now, traveling, we've been restrained or restrictions on traveling. Uh, Sometimes we may not have the money, and I know expensive because I've been I've been to places like Russia, Dubai, South America, South Africa, Kenya, all these different places, and it costs money. One plane ticket may cost fifteen hundred, maybe two thousand dollars. That's not including hotel. That's not including. Uh, your food and expenses and maybe bringing some some gifts and souvenirs back with you and also uh when you're going to foreign countries uh they, they don't give you honorariums and take you take care of all your own expenses so as a american uh pastor when we invite you know we take care of all their expenses but when we go to other places like africa we take care of our own expenses and then still give them money and support them and help them because they're planting churches and they're building things and they're doing things they also so uh yes uh it, it's a big job it's work and when you can't reach but here you can take technology and 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 may pay uh bare minimum just having some equipment and reach the philippines and reach texas and reach new york and reach grandma or reach a family 
that you know, or maybe family that you already have that will see you. I got family say, hey, I'm watching you. My mother lit up when she can see my program right there in the confines of her home. That's my son. Oh, look at my son. Then she's telling everybody else. So yeah, technology, we just got to get on passes. You got to get on board. Hey, if you don't have nothing but your, your cell phone, your cell phone can, can be used as a camera. I know a pastor right now, he streams his service by three phones, and it looks pretty good. But you can start right there. They got smaller versions of, of cameras for $300. You can go from there to all the way up and get you a Sony or Blackmagic or Panasonic, whatever. But you got to start somewhere if you really care about your own people as well as trying to reach the world or reach nations or go to to, to Judea, Samaria, to the uppermost parts of the earth. He said that's what he's going to do when he's going to pour out the spirit upon all flesh, that you will be a witness. And we want to continue to be witness. It's not time for us to stop. And I know pandemic uh, has caused us to put things on pause. And that's fine. If you're going to put it on pause, just think about a little while, meditate what I'm going to do while the button's on pause. But when God gives you something to do, Put it back in play and then move fast forward and move straight ahead for the kingdom of God. Amen, Bishop. Amen. Um, <clears throat> I also, Bishop, think about all the things that are going on in this world. Like you said, we have the epidemic, right, of mm -hmm. murder. Right. We have so much going on. The Bible says that men's hearts would fail them for fear of the things, not just one thing, things mm -hmm. That's good. that would be coming upon this world. So we've seen a lot happen, but we've also seen some victories. We pray mm -hmm. for the people whose hearts are in fear and we pray that people will be strengthened to know that god is the same god yesterday today mm -hmm. and forever mm -hmm. and we can rely on him even now we've seen a lot of death right we've seen a lot of tragedy but we've also seen some miracles the fact that you and i are here having this conversation that's a testimony to the keeping power of god right Amen. So what are some of the victories, some of the things, the blessings that you have seen the Lord do for people so that people know God is still delivering and healing and saving? Right, right. And yes, and he, he's still moving. I, I would say I got several uh, things or miracles or testimonies uh, to to that effect. And uh, I guess I guess I'll start with myself that the first of the year of 2021, I always uh, go on to my, I call my annual fast or 21 days. Uh, also the church, the following week, they would start a three day fast and then we would go uh, on a fast from midnight to four. Well, the first day of 21, um, I'm fasting, cleaning myself out and all like that. And I passed out. Uh, that afternoon, I passed out on the floor coming out of the restroom. And I was I was not aware that I had passed out until my wife and my daughter came and said, what's that noise? They found me. <laughs> I was out there on the floor. And I, you know, came to and I said, what happened? Was I, did I pass? I said, yeah, you passed out. And so 
they called my son and uh, Ryan took me to urgent care. Make a long story short, I found out that I had COVID-19. Now, before that same day, I was feeling good. I just came from Whole Foods Market and picked up some things and whatever and came home. I didn't have no headaches, uh, no fever, no nothing. But urgent care said, hey, you know, you had COVID-19. I didn't have to go. I didn't go to the hospital. No ventilator. Like I said, no fever, nothing like that. And I had some aches, you know, in my body. But basically, you know, that was it. But I'm very thankful that, uh, as the scripture says, you shall live and not die. So I believe the Lord just kept me because he got some more for me to do. But other people have, I know some people experienced COVID-19 like was like they was in hell. Some of the testimonies that they had, they didn't know if they was going to live or not. And matter of fact, along with me, my wife had it, never go to the hospital. My daughter had it as well as my son. And uh, my wife and my daughter, we all, you know, live together. And uh, we just was right here at the house and we prayed and we uh, trying to eat proper food. And the saints at the church, they brought us food, left it at the steps of our, uh, at our door uh, porch and, uh, and uh, kept us encouraged. I had people call me from all over the world and was saying, I'm praying with you. I'm, I'm being encouraged and, and putting texts out there, uh, emails and things like that kept me, kept me encouraged. Thank God for the prayers, you know, of the saints. That was that was one thing. I said that was a miracle because I could, me and you could not even be talking right now, Doctor Tracy. You know, we, you might have been talking some other new pastor of GPC. But that's one thing. Number two, uh, I look at even I was really worried about the finances of the church and uh, how you know because we don't have a mortgage, but yet we still got other things that we're still yet paying and taking care of. Mm -hmm. I was a little bit concerned about that. Were there going to be a, a, a decrease in the giving? But actually, I saw a greater increase in giving. I saw people uh, that normally uh, maybe kind of slack in paying their tithes. Now they was paying faithfully. I got, right now, I got people are not members of the church and and all of a, all of a sudden, they paying tithes. They're giving offerings by give or five. Cash app. I said, who is this? Or they don't even attend the church, or but they're giving, they're giving, they're giving, and it helped us to sustain, you know, the ministry. So I and other pastors had the same. Watch this. Other pastors had the same testimony that their giving increased in the pandemic. We can't explain it and can't understand it, but hey, it happened, and I'm thankful, you know, that it happened. You know, things worked out in that way. So that's a blessing. I've seen, and even with our church, we only had one casualty, I would say, that uh, that we lost by death. And uh, outside of that, by COVID-19. Uh, and I bless her soul, I love her, and I miss her to this very day. And that's in the person of uh, Sister Gwen Wilson, you know her very well. Mm -hmm. And uh, also she was a yes. minister, long time member, uh, along with her husband, um, Deacon Wilson, uh, both of them. I mean, they were just uh, pillars of the church, and we lost her uh, during this time of pandemic. But Lord knows, the Lord knows. But outside of that, we had a few cases where people were sick with COVID-19, but we didn't lose them to death. We practiced all the, the, 
the protocols and we didn't have to shut down the church and then start back up, but we was able to flow and move along, you know, through those, through those times uh, uh, of the pandemic uh, COVID-19. I heard other churches, I got a pastor friend in the state. He, he had it, his wife had it and several of his members and deacons. So he had to come to a place where he had to shut the whole church down for a whole month and then started back up again. You know, thank God we didn't have to go through that issues, but things do happen. And so you have to know how to navigate, stay encouraged and keep the faith and continue to work and do the work for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Well, Bishop, we are coming up to a close, but I want to ask one more thing of you. One thing that had, well, let me say this. One thing that has been on my heart in prayer throughout this whole thing is the question to God, Lord, what do you want from me? Mm -hmm. Because during a time like this, when everything is shut down, the whole world is different. Right. It's not just here. It's not just in our own family, the whole world. And so you have to know God has something to say. Mm. Right. And mm -hmm. so the question is, Lord, what are you asking of us? Mm -hmm. Because I believe it would be tragic to let's just say everything opens up tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so people go back to business as usual tomorrow, but have not heard one thing from God. I believe that's a missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I know that we at GPC are continuing in prayer. We have our intercessory prayer. We have um, some, some of our members are on Facebook praying. There's constant prayer going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that is a desire of my heart that we would hear specifically what God is saying right now, because during a time like this, when he has the control where he could end it this very second mm -hmm. and has not, then that tells me that God is at work, not just um, worldwide, but he is at work certainly to speak to his own people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And well, so, go ahead. I, 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 that's good. That's good. Excellent. Awesome. When you think about the, uh, when we officially uh, was a little bit aware of what's going on this COVID-19, that all of a sudden after that, now they say quarantine. Mm -hmm. Everybody stay at home. Stay out of the stores. Unless you got to go get some groceries. Uh, work from home. Matter of fact, my daughter's still working from home. They said, quarantine, shut yourself up. I believe God was speaking to not just the Christians and believers, but to the whole world that uh, as a people, and as Christians too, we're so busy. You know, we're so busy. Um, uh, even though we're Christians, sometimes we don't have time or make time to read the Bible as we should or pray as we should, or we work in two, maybe three jobs just to make ends meet and sometimes the way we work and work ethics we're not you know at church and uh, being in assembly as we should and we know we're so busy we checking emails and checking out text messages and we're so busy 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 that uh we don't have we don't we should make that time you know from here from god 
I believe God is speaking to us, but some of us missing. Just like I think about, um, I think about young Samuel and uh, God was speaking to Samuel, but Sam, oh, glory, I feel the Holy Ghost. Samuel didn't recognize this. Samuel did not recognize the voice of God. And uh, he went to uh, the prophet, the one who was mentoring him and said, hey, Samuel, go back. That wasn't me. I wasn't talking to you, but go back. And he went back to bed and he got back up and kept going back uh, to Eli. And uh, Eli, no, it ain't me. It ain't, you know, he said the third time, answer to God, answer to God. So I believe God is speaking, but we're not watching, looking or discerning. Is this God or not? Yeah, I believe God is speaking, but we ain't paying attention. We are not paying attention. And uh, and this whole thing could have been lifted. Yeah, it's true. But somewhere or another, we got to stop and listen to the voice of God. As you said, what is God saying? I believe God is saying, repent. I believe God is saying, uh, start forgiving people. I believe God is saying, we start honoring him, put him first. I believe God is saying, go back to righteousness and holiness. Holiness. I believe God is saying all that. Go even to the preachers. And, and, and maybe the preachers haven't really been preaching the word. Uh, go back to preaching the word. Go back teaching God's word. Go back uh, with your, your, your resilience for God and your love for God. Put me first. And you've been putting me last and being on the, on the back burner. And uh, 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 I believe God is speaking. I believe God is saying, but there's some people taking heed as well as some people are not. You know, they just kind of waiting, man, I'm ready to get back to partying and having a great time, party as usual. And while But God is speaking. And it's like a shakeup. And the shakeup is like, all right, I'm going to see who really loves me, who's faithful or not, who's after things, who's not after things, but who's going to seek after righteousness and wholeness. Seek he what? The first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he said he had all these other things up. But the thing, the problem is, we got all these other things before God. And God said, I'm going to put y'all on pause and get y'all to think, you know, about what's going on. Amen. That's excellent, Bishop. Excellent. Amen. And Thank so you. I would ask you to please pray. Um, I want to ask you to take a moment as we close out to pray for pastors. Um, I thank God for you. I thank God for Prophetess Coleman as Thanks. well. She has been a blessing, amen, to my life and to the church as well. I thank God for both of you. Thank you. I want to ask you if in these last few minutes, would you just take some time and pray for pastors who you know are in your shoes? All right. Um, I just want to say to the pastors, I don't have all the answers. I don't claim to have all the answers, but I know somebody got all the answers and that's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. And that's the one that I depend on. And that's the one I trust to help me doing these crucial times that we are going through. Uh, I wanna pray for pastors and, and maybe uh, through this podcast and that you're listening, that, uh, that through whatever I said today, that you would be encouraged. Um, 
If you would like to get in touch with me some kind of a way, I am Dr. Tracy's pastor, and I'm sure you can get in touch with her uh, if you a listener and she can put you in touch with me and we can talk and we can share and I can tell you some things that I'm doing and uh, you can tell me some things that you're doing. Maybe you're not doing nothing at all at this present time. Maybe you're thinking about trying to, to restart and to rebirth some things or revisit your vision, things like that. And we'll be glad certainly to talk to you and to encourage you. But for right now, I'd like to pray with you, men and women, men of God, whether you're an evangelist or a prophet or a pastor, teacher, or you're just a leader over a group, cell group at your church. We all need prayer. And certainly, you know, you love to receive something from another leader in the church. So we're going to pray with you right now. If you just stop, take the time out, we'll do that for a moment here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, this afternoon for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for being a all kind and loving God. And we thank you, Lord, you're still watching over your people, even through this pandemic. We thank you, Lord, for Dr. Tracy and this avenue and, and this area, Lord, that she's able to share and to minister to people across the world, across the land. And we pray for pastors and leaders right now. And Father, first, before we go any further, we'd like to just ask you for forgiveness, oh Lord. Maybe we have fallen behind. Maybe we haven't been doing as we should or preaching the gospel or, or, or moving forward with the vision. Maybe we've been angry during this time and upset about different things and critical about things and pointing the finger. Lord God, I ask you that you will forgive us right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we repent. Forgive us, oh God. And Lord, I pray that through forgiveness and, and through repentance, Lord, you will turn things around right now. Even through this pandemic, Lord, even like Job, 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 when he prayed for his friends, the Bible speaks about how he how he turned things around. And I believe as a pastor, the leader, God's going to turn some things around, Lord, for their ministry, for their churches, even for their families, oh, Lord. The suffering may be going through, Lord. And we pray for the leadership and the leadership team, oh, Lord. Give them ideas, oh, Lord. Give them a new vision. And, Lord, give them equipment. Meet the needs, Lord. The things that they need to continue, Lord, to work for the kingdom of God. This is our prayer right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Bishop. Thank you for Thank taking you. the time to talk with me this afternoon and to share. You've been a blessing. Thank and you. And you've had some excellent things to share. And I know that the people who hear this will be blessed by it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Lace Covenant Podcast. I had the pleasure of talking with my own pastor, Bishop Terrence Coleman of the Greater Pentecostal Church of God. We talked about the Lord our God during COVID-19. I'm sure you were blessed hearing Bishop Coleman talk about the challenges of this time we're in and also about the changes that this time has demanded as well as hearing him talk about the greatness in the keeping power of God as a man wearing the shoes of a pastor. 
So thank you for listening. And if you would like to reach Bishop Coleman, you can call the Greater Pentecostal Church at 314-389-9332. And again, this is Evangelist Tracy Cannon. Please join us again as we continue the work of building your faith.